It's us. Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Frostside Chat, our weekly live stream post session discussion uh, where we talk about what just happened during DD. Yes, James, I, that's what I was doing. <laughs> I was setting up the boy. Uh, this is the chat for session 65. So if you've not watched that session yet, please go do that now because there will be spoilers. One such spoiler is that we hit our giveaway uh, because the crit is full. So please go into our Discord channel, the giveaway. Uh, a Discord server in the disc in the giveaway channel and enter to win a roll twenty copy of uh, Critical Roll Call of the Nether Deep. I am your DM Eric, and joining me we have Val Robbins player Chris, Edmonds player Raymond. And this was essentially part uh, two of the Island of Solstice excursion, which had. Uh, was very underdeveloped from the book and obviously you guys are much higher level than what it was designed for so i kind of looked at my options looked at what i wanted to get done for uh story and environment wise and said you know what this is the time to use certain kinds of creatures and obviously yeti was uh well first of all using frost druids actually in combat was a big part of that i swapped oh, yeah. out uh, to go to the back to the first combat encounter, um, I upgraded and swapped a lot of their spells out to make them a little more combat ready because they do a thing where like they've got you know things like detect magic and just worthless yeah. shit that's just not going to come into play. <laughs> so I gave them more ice spells. Control weather, you know, yeah. And a lot of I'll tell you, you guys did so well in the fight because a lot of their spells are AOE cold spells, and you oh. guys fucking scattered like roaches in that first round. Uh. <laughs> To where I might, what I should have done with my very first druid, I think, is maybe try to do an AOE. But even then, I think you already had like two or three of you separated. So at one point, when I had a druid where I was going to do an AOE attack, there was no way to hit even more than one of you with it. And I had all right. these different AOEs that I could do, you know, Ice Storm and Moonbeam and all these things. And like, it, it felt not as fun if I couldn't hit more than one person. So yeah, yeah. You guys handled, uh, not necessarily because of like counter spells or anything, but just splitting up ended up working out really well for you all. And then absolutely unleashing some devastatingly nasty we AOE did, spells. We did get to like really like like a lot of the AOE stuff that we don't normally get to use because we're so cramped. Uh, we got to really pull it out here, and we were everybody was really going wild. I was impressed. Yeah, it was. It, it, it's fun for the DM to an extent. Like, yes, I got my ass kicked, but also. You guys got to show off some really cool things. You flying around the Pegasus and able to do that whole aspect in combat was fun. Mm -hmm. Edmund and Frey both lining up their line shots to do, like, maximum damage. Yes. Uh, yeah, all of that feels... And, you know, Celeste hurling Celeste the pulled off her, searing yeah, her fireball, thing. fireball. Yeah. Yeah, so that yeah. was that was cool to watch from my perspective. I was astonished by this the damage you guys could output with all those various AoEs and, like, oh, my lord. I will reveal, I didn't actually go as hard in the fight as I was planning on it. Oh. I had um, snow golems hidden on the GM layer that I was going to add to the fight. But my original thought was, similar to this one, where I would stagger them and add them during uh, the second round instead of adding them uh, during the first round. Now, maybe I should have added them to the first round. But you guys had kicked ass out of the gate so quickly... And then I ended up rolling so badly on initiative that by the time we made it to the next round, you guys had all but devastated almost everything. So it would have been really bad oh, for the right. the cadence of the fight to all of a sudden add yeah. new minions to it when you guys had all but won this fight already. Yes, I, yeah. 
So I had all these grand plans about, oh, I'm going to summon these snow golems. They're going to pop up, and then they're going to do all this cold damage, which heals the golems and, you know, deals damage to you guys. And none of those came to fruition, I think, because you guys just kicked so much butt out of the gate. We're powering through it. You're yeah, ready. so I actually decided, you know, halfway through the fight, I'm like, all right, I'm going to pull back on this fight. Let them win. You know, let that Frost Druid surrender. And then we're just going to move on to the next fight in this session and try to squeeze that in there if we can. Did you anticipate that being a little bit a little dialogue sequence at the end there or was that something that just came out of nowhere no that came out of nowhere okay i hadn't actually planned i, I probably I should have thought, i kind of thought so but yeah um yeah i know i appreciate that you guys went with that though it's it's uh always something i enjoy doing which is you know having those little interrogation scenes with different characters and creatures but i hadn't had any I mean, specific things to say yeah, it's interesting because it was illuminating. It was yeah. something we, I feel like we did learn information, like core information from that. So, yeah, it was it was interesting that even though you didn't plan it, it, it became like a little bit of a, a little bit of a story moment. Yeah, yeah, and I haven't had that yet. When I, I realize, like one thing the book does do is it throws a lot of NPCs at you um, that are pure information givers. Like when you land an island solstice, it's supposed to be an ice method that just for some reason is friendly and talks to you and like tells you all the important stuff. Yeah. And I haven't had anything like that so far, except I had the hologram at the end of Revel's End with, you know, the villain talking to you guys and kind of revealing information. Once you guys made it here, I haven't had that yet. And it hadn't even occurred to me to do that because you guys were kind of using the context of, okay, well, let's go to the one like major location on this island and let's go there and, you're doing that just fine but i appreciate that like no we can turn this into like that npc that we can kind of talk to and and get right. some information from yeah, yeah i still that, i mean that was neat like it, after, especially after, the, after that big fight it was like sort of get a little bit of information out yeah. of them and, and it's interesting because like that's the reward you get in lieu of like actual yeah. loot reward is you can just get information like a little role-playing scene and i feel like it, it kind of clarified our goals too because now it's like okay we like we were here because we were chasing the, the 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 people who came here, but as far as what we were doing with the frostbite, that was like a little unclear until we kind of talked to her and kind of got a, a bit of more understanding of like her relationship to the people we're chasing. So yeah. like, clarify things there a little bit for sure. Nice. I will say I'm still satisfied with how much resources you guys used for that fight. Yeah, a lot of spells and things being spent, which is always nice. Yeah, uh, magic items and everything. Um, oh, and then we did the uh, which I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the uh, ice statue event. Oh yeah, that was neat. Like th those, yeah, I, I like those types of events. The sort of uh, I don't know what you call them, like role playing events where it, it kind of relies on like what would your character do here like that's that that's the whole you know aim of the event is yeah. how would your character handle this situation versus making it tactical or you know anything else so yeah that thought, that thought, I thought I think it went really well for everybody everybody kind of handled it slightly differently and mm -hmm. yeah our roles didn't really support us for a lot of it I, I, think, I think the last two of us did fine uh, the first three, three of the five like, passed, but Edmund had to use a flash of genius oh, to pass. Right. That's right. Was there a purpose for those statues? Um, that that was the purpose was to have just trigger that kind of scary um, 
And it, it's one of those where I don't have strict rules like what is happening really. It's well, it's just some kind of divine, like supernatural crazy shit that's, you know, kind of, you know, how it, how much is it in your mind? How much is really physically there? And you're never really meant to know. I presume it's the Frost Maiden trying to scare us, I guess, by showing us the dead people. Kind of, no, yeah. I, that's how I took it. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's like the Frost Maiden kind of more of her tests or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and this one I wanted to... It was important for me not to make them just all combat encounters. Um, and this just seemed like the most appropriate thing. And the base idea is in the book. Um, obviously, I turn it into a, a role-playing, a personal role-playing thing, whereas the book is just, hey, if you... Uh, you describe the situation. If any, if any of the players destroy a statue, which is funny because a lot of people end up doing that. Yeah. Um, if you have like the fray type person who's like, I'm the violent person. Um, then the Frostman appears and you have to make a save. And if you fail the save, you gain vulnerability to cold damage, which that's a pretty big deal for this yes. area. Yeah. I had written, I had written down several... Um, Penalties that could have happened when you rolled the D4, including damage, exhaustion, the vulnerability to cold damage. Uh, oh, it was on there, huh? It was on there, yeah. But I asked Frey what her, if she had to, because I figured, like, okay, the problem is if somebody is resistance or immune to cold damage, then how does that interact with the vulnerability to cold damage? So I decided, all right, if they get that, I'm just going to trigger the damage, because that's just easier to try to oh, worry about. Yeah. One of them was a madness roll, though. You had to roll on the long-term madness table. That could have been okay. bad news. Wait, is the... Vulnerability to cold, is that, like, permanent or, like, for a certain amount of time? I think it's for, like, 24 hours. Okay. Yeah. But clearly this is not the place you want to have that be no, put on sure. you. sure, especially since we're about to fight Yetis right afterwards. Yeah, so instead it was, yeah, it was literally just one of those, uh, you know, everybody has to experience this, but everybody has their own way of doing it. And notice how what I was trying to really figure out was I just want you to roll a thing. It really doesn't yeah. matter what it is. It can be an attack roll. It can be a skill check. Um, you mentioned one point using a spell, and I was thinking, like, it'd be nice if the spell involved a roll, but if it's even just like, well, I misty step out of there. I'm almost tempted to say that works because you're expending yeah. a, a resource, so that probably well, could have worked. This, uh, I, I guess I could tell you and ask you how you would have handled it. The spell I was thinking about doing whenever I was hearing the way it was just being described by everyone else, which I guess is kind of metagaming because technically Fall Robin's not part of the other people's events. Was casting calm emotions on myself, just so that Valravin can sort of just calm his mind and just walk through it without getting freaked out. I like that. Yeah, yeah. That that that's what I was thinking of doing. But then uh, I was like, eh, it would probably be. I, I actually like him talking his way out of this. Yeah. Box. I you know, it's had you done that, I, pr I probably would have just let you do it, but you would have obviously yeah. had to cast the spell. Yeah. And spent it to do it, but yeah. I was thinking if somebody spent a spell slot to do a thing, assuming it made enough sense, and I'd probably just let that happen. Right. Yeah. yeah Restealth out of it, which was... Uh, that, that was cool. Also a cool solution. Yep, yep. It's, like, it's funny, a lot of you looked at, like, okay, what are our good skills that we can use? Right. Or some of you are like, yeah. how would I roleplay this? Which I appreciate, and yeah. I was just like, hey, this is part of my, like, characters. I'm not going to be intimidated by this. And obviously, Frey just, right. like, intimidating back. and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I try to flavor that as like, okay, we're gonna make this kind of check then, right? And then uh, on to the so these were all kind of checking like, okay, I, I basically broke this whole island into just a series of a gauntlet of events that you all had to get through. Yeah, 
And the final one was the Blizzard one, which I wanted to change. I wanted to make that a gotcha where, you know, previously you've gone through Blizzards and it's been like just a, okay, roll a survival check. We pass that. Okay, make it to the Blizzard, you know? And that's how right. this one started as a normal, like, okay, Blizzard, we make the check. We're going to go in there. So I tried to kind of trip you guys up, be like, all right, well, you, you get out of the way and you find a cave. Like, oh, no, but there's this is actually enemies coming at you. Yeah. Um. I did roll their adva- roll their stealth checks with advantage because they have Yetis have advantage in the snow. Oh, okay. Like they're actually sneaking up on you. Yeah, they actually did sneak up on you guys, and you guys had um, penalties because of the blizzard as well. So they were able to all get their sneak attack off. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what played into that. Yeah. What would have then- happened had we failed the survival check? You know. I think the survival check was just a complete trick on my part. That's kind of because I was like, what, I what's, honestly, worse than, what, what's worse than running into a bunch of Yetis? I honestly <laughs> think it was just a complete trick. Like, Because I would have flavored yeah. it either way. I would have been like, well, yeah. you can't find anything. You just stumble around. What I probably would have done is ignore the part about finding the caves and just say, like, you stumble around, you're getting lost in the blizzard, and all of a sudden this and scary Yeti comes at you. you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would have just flavored it. But you're right. It was a total, like, you guys were going to hit by this either way. This was a, a scripted encounter that's going to happen. But notice how you didn't have to have the um, effects of the blizzard because of that necessarily either, which was the usual, like, hey, we got to, you know, withstand the blizzard effects. Yeah. But yeah, there were uh, five yetis and one abominable yeti, but notice how I did stagger the abominable yeah, yeti yeah. an entire round. So it didn't even roll initiative until... Um, in fact, we had the surprise round first, which was just the yetis and Frey. Then we had the entire first round. Then I rolled initiative for that Yeti, which it rolled a 10. So it didn't even go until near the end of that second round. That's actually crazy. It only it only came in the second round. Yeah. That, but but the fight was almost over. Yeah, anyway, but the fight was almost over. Oh, that's how much damage round. you guys do. It's pretty crazy. That's nuts. And then by the time it came in, there was one Yeti left. And I made that yeah. remark. I was like, man, you guys timed this almost perfectly. Yeah. But it still felt pretty balanced, I felt like, because of that. It did. Yeah, it came out and did its big, you know, frost breath attack, and you guys were doing. That's just odd. Odd to think that like, uh, well, I guess two and a half because you you had one surprise, but a fight that's that big is only two and a half rounds. Yeah, really, just yeah, the the, the little yetis. Yeah, that's something I've learned from. Good. Were you ever tempted to be like, I'm just gonna sneak that bomino yeti in right now? I mean, as a DM, you could without us knowing. I know. I think the way I stayed true to myself by not doing it too early is, like I mentioned, I didn't actually roll initiative for it until after that first round. Had I rolled it early, then, yeah, towards the end of that first round, I probably would have been like, and this guy is stepping out now. You're winning, so here he comes. Yeah. But that might have tipped things a little bit too harshly. You guys did, you know, we're taking a lot of damage, and That's you, you did kick the boss's ass. The yetis until that second round. Right. It was like, yeah. Yeah, and you did kick that boss's ass, but that's because you were able to all converge upon it, and it yeah. still doesn't, you know, it only has the one multi-attack thing it can do. The biggest thing that tipped this fight in y'all's favor, which I was shocked about, was how well you were making those chilling gaze saves, because that that's can true. be a huge deal. If these guys come in and start paralyzing you... And you guys start missing turns, like that first surprise round. Even I was like, "All right, I'm gonna get through all this shit." Like, you guys, out of what five chilling gazes, I think I only succeeded once against once, Celeste. Yeah. 
And that did end up downing her. It It did did, really bad. And think about how if they had paralyzed multiple people and got those auto crits off and all that shit. That's just part of their normal stat block. Yeah. I I was getting flashbacks to Storm King's Thunder because these were the same creatures. Yeah. And I I don't know if you remember the story of, of that because, like, you guys had, like, through your own machinations had like jumped out of the tower early. So you didn't wait till yeah. like you were in like a safe area. So I was like, Oh, what creatures can I, like, and, and I think Halford was like, what, like, what do I detect around here? And they're like, Oh, yeah. there's some monstrosities. And they're like looking up, Oh, look, we, I can do, I can do Yetis here. And then during the break, I was like, what monstrosities are in the snow? And I pulled Yetis out and it wasn't until the fight started that I looked at the character sheet and went, Oh fuck. These guys, these things are going to fuck them up. Yeah. And because I think it, I think in that fight they ended up like paralyzing two of you. Yeah. And you got paralyzed and they just walked up and auto critted you. Yeah. And just it's that combo is insane. It is insane. Like, it's a crazy creature. First, yeah. And then we're gonna attack you twice. Yep. With auto crits. Yeah. It's yeah. Which is why I was thinking like, man, if this, you know, that surprise round, if they start getting those paralyzed and auto crits down, this could get nasty quick. And instead, yes. you guys were making the saves like crazy, or which I did rule it where, okay, that first round, everybody gets targeted by the chilling gazes together because they're all working, you know, it's happening all so quickly they don't know. Yeah. Um, which I think ended up benefiting several times where they all, like, three of them targeted Thimbleweed once or something. And then the next round, I was like, all right, they're going to be more strategic now that people started making the saves. They can start, you know, recognizing who was who. But even then, you guys... What? Okay, I was, I was arguing with you here. You were. So I want to know, what is the intelligence of a Yeti? What's the actual number? I don't know if I'm right or not, but I was okay. They have an they, intelligence they just, of eight and a wisdom of twelve. That's not dumb, but okay. What I was imagining when I was arguing with you—they're not beasts. Like, they have a language right, and shit. Right. Yeah. What I was imagining is like if someone wanted to poison another person, and even if it was a group of people who wanted to poison the same person, how would I know that my buddy already tried to poison you and you already resisted it, so my poison isn't gonna hurt you? Like, I can't visually tell that you've resisted poison in the last 24 hours. But that's poison. That's not analogous to what they're doing here, which is some mystical... Like, how does this chilling gaze even work? That you take cold damage by them staring at you. (laughs) So you can argue that obviously something is happening that they can tell. No, I guess that's where I was... Yeah. And this isn't like a a, a thing they're coding. Like This is an innate ability they have. So that's yeah. why I was pushing back and going like, all right, I'll, I'll even give you that first <laughs> surprise round where they're all acting in conjunction at once to like that, just target people. Out. But after that, they are definitely going to use it more intelligently. Yeah, yeah. But even then, like I said, it only... Well, I mean, eight's, eight's like a dumb person. So it's not, you know, yeah. it's not bad. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So the, the, yeah, they started, they, they, they uh, yeah, that first round, we got, we did get lucky. We got lucky because yeah. then we got like three of them in a row, I think. Mm-hmm. And then after that surprise round, we just started kind of making the saves or Celeste just took a bunch I think you guys made this. Yeah, you guys were making the saves. Um, I think Edmund used his last flash of genius to yep. make his save. And then you just randomly rolled really well. Frey, of course, 20. great at con. Yeah. Accidentally, yeah. Was... And then Celeste failed once and that downed her like immediately. He's able to do a yep. bunch of damage, although she was very weak. I feel like most of us outside of Frey... Getting getting chilling gazed and then getting attacked twice would absolutely fucking down us. Like yeah. I, I don't. I think it's just that's. Yeah. It's just probably very. Everybody except maybe Frey, but I don't know if I don't know if she could still 
rage while being paralyzed? That would be the That's big a factor. Good question. Or does she, does she still have rage going? While yeah. Being paralyzed. Yeah. But even then, Celeste didn't technically go down because of her relentless endurance. Yes. So yeah. technically, technically does not count as a lingering injury or anything else, because and then uh, able to stay up and fight back from there. So yeah, yeah. It, it, I think that fight could have been a lot worse, but even then, I was still impressed by how much damage you guys took and again how many resources you spent. It's it's a little bummer that the boss didn't make as quite a big as a splash as I was hoping. Although I guess when he comes out and does his big cold breath, I was happy that I was able to hit three people with that. That was a lot of damage, yeah. It does a little a lot of damage. You guys again made some impressive saves though against that. I think three of the four of you made the saves. But uh, I was surprised the Saber Tiger lived through all that because that they barely, it was but right yeah, in the middle of it, all of that. But it's, yeah, it's and even up. then, he's we we say a boss technically abominable. Yet he's at CR nine, like. Uh, Even compared to you guys, it's not that big of a... It's not like an yeah. in-game dungeon boss that I would necessarily have. He didn't have any legendary actions or anything. It was a mini-boss situation where I was like, hey, first of all, what better situation am I going to use this specific stat block than right now? And I'm not going to try to make him too grand or anything because it's not a big you know, end-game dungeon crawl. It's just a cool boss version of a Yeti. Yeah. It basically just has better stats plus that extra cold breath, which... Cold breath. Time. I guess I... I think I forgot to recharge his cold breath, technically. I, I think he's had two rounds. He, he came out and did his cold breath first. And then his second round, he did his chilling gaze, which I believe got saved against again, because he can actually do it on top of the other ones, but I believe whoever it targeted. targeted but I think I, it was Edmund, yeah. but resisted yeah. again, so you guys were just killing it on the saves. Mm -hmm. And they only hit with like one attack. So he kind of went down bit pitifully after that, so he only survived for another two rounds. But, yeah, yeah as someone Vox is saying, no one got through the fight untouched, which is pretty satisfying. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, Everybody took their licks. Got, it, got into it, got really... Uh, yeah, somebody almost went down, Relentless Endurance got triggered, so... Yep. I feel I feel pretty good about these fights, uh, and I'm glad that I got to fit... I'm glad I got to fit this one in. I was initially thinking that first one would take longer, and then we oh, would right. get to the start of this fight... And I would end it with like, oh, you see the Yetis like coming out of the blizzard. Yeah. And it's, that's where I literally thought we would end things. So this is a very rare case of us making it further than I thought we would, which is we actually ended that first fight a little bit early. Again, because I didn't pull all my tools out and you guys kicked so much ass. And then it was a tricky situation. I'm looking, it's like, all right, it's 1130. But yeah, I, I was about to say, like, it was a ballsy move. It was move a ballsy move. I know. The end, but, I know. Uh, but the problem we, is we, we always start so late. So I'm like, yeah. God, we, you know, if I leave off now, we've been going for like maybe an hour and a half or something. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I know a fight's going to be a while, but I'm like, you know, we all still feel pretty, you know, fun about the Yetis and having fun. What I was yeah. thinking, Chris, is that I may have to call it when the boss arrives and do a oh. rare, like, mid combat, like, as a, as a fun cliffhanger. Right. Because it's, you know, whatever time, midnight or something. But I was looking at it going, oh, you actually had kicked a lot of ass here. There's only one Yeti left. You like, probably surmised. Yeah. Converge I, like, I think we can spend another down. 15, 20 minutes taking down this yeah. boss Yeti yeah. and, and actually have a slightly easier stopping point. Yep. Makes sense. Yep. But you're right. I did misstep by... Um, montaging you guys up to the area and i was like <laughs> well, oh that's, I mean, that's I guess true if you were if you were gonna let us short rest um when we got there then it was just me jumping the gun but I, my no, initial that's... thought was like we made it to these caves specifically yeah. to sort of get respite that's so... totally fair yeah no you yeah. guys yeah for sure 
I don't know when I don't know when or how we're going to be able to long rest, but we're I don't I, I don't I forget what the actual cadence is supposed to be, but we're already at the point where like we're on our second short rest and I'm getting pretty low on yeah. spell slots. So we're, it's going <laughs> to like be interesting. Uh, I mean, that and that's part of the way the India is balanced. So I, I think ideally we should be going through at least two short rests per adventuring day is what they say. Which in this case we are. The last no, two adventuring days, you guys have never short rested. Yes, that's the funny part. Yeah. <laughs> although I still feel like we had enough, you know, a decent amount of encounters and things, although they were both kind of yeah. smallish areas. But this time is not just one small area. This is kind of an area plus its own little overland map. So finally yeah. I'm getting my adventuring days worth out of you guys. Right, yeah. And you guys are actually spending things and then... Yeah, presumably going to be short resting here and possibly making some interesting decisions as you come into the next area. Yeah. But, you know, trust in the DM. The DM's always aware of where everybody's at. I'm checking things before every session, looking at it. <laughs> but part of the joy is saying, okay, how well have you paced your stuff? What kind of spell slots do you have right. left going have into you these? Out? Have you? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which is kind of why I, was, I started at the, at the end of this fight. I started looking through my backpack and be like what can i use of like consumables yeah because i don't want to keep get losing level three spells right now you were tossing around yeah spells left and right uh yeah so that's why that's where earth tremor came from i was like what can i use here it's not a spell slot because i I know we've got at least one more fight left in this day and i don't want to uh Mm -hmm. leave myself too uh vulnerable what's interesting is this may color your attitude towards certain fights and areas and people Knowing that you're this drained, too. That's true. So that might work in my favor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Anything else about, I guess, the overland map portion of the Island of Solstice? Because we will be moving into... Uh, I guess we're technically not quite there because you're in the caves, but you're basically right outside of the mountain. Yeah. Think it went well. I I think I think both these encounters were pretty well, especially considering you, you said you had to like kind of re. These are from scratch. Them. Or are from scratch. These both these encounters well, are from they, scratch. I've had to build then they, up. Then they are just themed. astonishingly well balanced because they are they, they were very like. Uh, I mean, I guess like you said, the Gideon one could have could have tipped badly had we just rolled bad. Yeah. But they both felt very like challenging. But not frustratingly challenging. Mm-hmm. Like, like, they, like, like they're testing your metal, but it's not like yeah, you know, the DM which is kill us. the perfect. I, yeah, that's the sweet spot. Keep in mind, also, Sylvan, and I'd forgotten for a moment that they also fought in a blizzard, which means their visibility was reduced to thirty feet. Um, they couldn't fly except by non-magical means. Disadvantage of perception checks didn't really come into play. Well, actually, I guess it did because I was able to um, ambush them with the Yeti, so I had a surprise run on top of that. And disadvantage on range attacks, which I totally forgot about until the end. But I don't think it would have played in because I'm pretty sure Thimbleweed was just stabbing people 90% of the time because I surrounded everybody right off the bat. So only at the end when he was shooting the boss, I think, did it actually come into play. Yeah. So yeah, throw a blizzard on top of him. <laughs> That's right. Figure they're blizzard. That's they're designed for it, so. Yeah. That map was a Gabriel Picard map also. Nice. From the mountain. From the mountain collection. <laughs> mountain collection. <laughs> the, the fall yes, mountain collection. 
All right, and, and a nice uh, send-off to going from one area to another now that we're taking a week off from Rhyme. That's uh, true. Yeah, it's a good, it's next a good week. stopping point to be like, all right, next week I assume we're heading into Skull Mountain. So it'll yes. be like the beginning of whatever that, of that, whatever that entails. Yep. All right. I think that will do it for this week's Frostside Chat. Thank you to Chris and Raymond for joining. Thank you to all the fans for watching. And we will see you next week with whatever your Halloween one shot is called. Uh, I believe it's going to be called The Unseen Alchemist. Ooh, exclusive. You heard it here first.